this series, but not going not gonna to exactly coincide with the biblical text that I'm going to be preaching every week. In fact, I'm starting the preaching series portion of this today, and you won't start your life group uh, section until I believe it is August the 6th. Now, for those of you who are aware, uh, you may, uh, some of you may or may not know, uh, typically what we do is the text that I use for my sermon, when I say the text, I mean the Bible verses that I use for my sermon are the same Bible verses that are used to develop your lessons in life groups. Uh, life groups don't study my, lesson, my, my sermons, uh, but they have identical Bible verses. That's not going to be the case with this particular sermon. Uh, we just kind of didn't plan it out that way, um, but we're still going to be on the same topic. So the topic of spiritual disciplines in the month of August in life groups will be identical to the topic of spiritual disciplines uh, that I uh, will be preaching. Some of you might say, well, what, is a, what, what do you mean by spiritual disciplines? You probably heard um, at some point in your life, you've heard Christians talk about having a quiet time. I use that term a lot, having a quiet time. Or you might, you might heard, hear Christians say something like, well, I'm going to go spend time with God, or I'm going to go and be alone with God. I, I think when we talk, when we, matter of fact, when we talk about our, our religion, so to speak, we probably say, uh, I'm going to go to church a lot, or we might say, when we're talking about our, 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 pers- our personal Christianity, we say, I'm going to go spend time with God. One of them is spending time corporately with God's people in worship. I'm going to go to church, or I'm going to go meet with my congregation, or I'm going to go worship. Uh, the other is more private. The other, the other is more, more personal. Um, and so spiritual disciplines are the undergirding habits and practices that you have privately with God. Privately, just you and the Lord, those are your spiritual disciplines. I'm going to contend with you throughout this series that your personal devotional life, and people sometimes call oh, I'm going to have a devotion Um, your personal devotional life is way, way more important to your transformation and living out your faith than just just showing up to worship once a week. Now, now, Now hear me. I do believe that there is a discipline that we should have in attending worship with our congregation and with God's people. But you need to have a personal life with God. There needs to be something about your life to where you connect with God on an individual level, not just on a corporate level. And I'm, I'm going to contend that if you don't have that, if you don't have these habits, these practices, these disciplines in your life, then you are missing out on the greatest connection with God that can be had. Now, some of you don't like the word discipline. We think about you know, being spanked whenever we were in elementary school or something that, you know, we get in trouble and we get disciplined. I'm gonna, I want to use, use the word discipline in a positive way just simply to refer to habits and practices that we have privately with God. Now, certainly we understand the concept of discipline. Everything that we do in life to achieve a goal involves a certain measure of discipline with certain habits and with certain practices. Uh, if you want to be the quarterback for the Tennessee Titans... Can you imagine how disciplined of an individual that it takes in order, to, uh, in order to be a professional athlete, all the workouts, the habitual workouts, all of the, uh, all of the habits of diet, the habits of, of running, all the different things that you have to do. And I mean, those guys are on a whole different level. Why? 
because they have been disciplined. They have disciplined themselves to achieve a goal. That's what, that, that's what disciplines do. Disciplines close the gap between where you are and where you want to be. If you have health goals, unless you are just an absolute genetic freak, you are not going to be a thin, fit person unless there are certain dietary habits, lifestyle habits and choices, certain exercises that you do in order to achieve that goal. You're probably not going to excel at your job without the same measure of discipline. How about this? What if you, wanted, what if you had the goal of being godly? I mean, shouldn't we all have that goal? I mean, shouldn't we all say, I want to be a godly person? What if, what if you had the, a goal in your heart that said, I want to live for God. I want to live for Him. I want to live a lifestyle that's pleasing to Him. I want to be close to God. I want to have a connection with Him. What would be the habits and the disciplines and the practices that would have to be true about your life in order to achieve those goals. Well, here's some that I want to I show you today. I'm just, I'm just going to call these the primary spiritual disciplines. There's lots of different ways to list these. You can read different authors. You can listen to different pastors. Everybody, everybody can kind of give you a different list of spiritual disciplines. If we're not careful, then everything can become a spiritual discipline. But I want to show you what I'm just going to call the primary spiritual disciplines. These are the habits and the practices that you will have to embrace if you want to be close to God, if you want to live a godly life, if you want to be pleasing to Him, these are some habits and practices that must be true about your life. These are things that are necessary. The first one is obvious, the Word of God. You have to read and study and listen to and to acknowledge and believe and memorize the Word of God. Apart from this, you will never be godly. Unless you get the truths that are in this book and you sear them into your heart and soul, you will never be godly apart from this book. you got to read it. you got to study it. You have to memorize it. You have to take it into your heart and your soul. The second one also is obvious. This is a primary spiritual discipline, prayer. But the way I'm going to describe prayer, it's not just any type of prayer. I mean, you can sling some prayers at God that never get answered. You know, the book of James talks about this. It says that you can, you, well, you, can, you, can, you can pray vain prayers. How many of you like to be told no? Anybody say, oh, I just love it whenever I ask for something and I'm told no. Oh, we, none of us want to pray that way. We have to discipline ourselves to pray in a certain way, in a way that the Bible tells us we pray prayers that are aligned with God's Word and God's will. That takes a measure of discipline. Not just praying, but praying in a way uh, that actually brings about results. Now this third one, I'm going to call this a primary spiritual discipline, even though this one is not practiced near as much as the first two. Fasting. Uh, fasting is so important. And not just from food. Fasting from anything that gets too big in your life. Are you a workaholic? Do you spend too much time at the office? Do you bring work home with you? Fast from that. 
for a while. Take a vacation. Cut it off. Put it back in the box that it belongs in your life. Don't let it sit on the throne of your heart. Fasting can be from all sorts of things. Anything that you would say, I'm going to set this aside temporarily. I'm going to deny my flesh in order to focus on God. Typically, fasting is from food, and that, uh, that might be a good way to start. And I'm also going to list this one as a primary spiritual discipline. Even though I've kind of lumped, I've, I've kind of lumped some things together there, uh, silence, solitude, and Sabbath, from the busyness and responsibilities of life. I'm going to talk a little bit about that this morning. Now, here's some others. I'll just briefly mention these. There's a lot of others. Uh, simplicity with earthly possessions. It's saying, I can afford a big house, but I don't need a big house, so I have a small. I can, uh, I can, afford, a, uh, I can, I can afford a big, fancy, you know, Dooley F-350, but I'm not, I don't need that much, so I'm going to buy a smaller one. I could have all of these things, but I don't need all of these things. I'm going to live simply. I have a lot of closet space, and I could have every bit of clothes that someone wanted, but I don't need all those clothes, so I'm going to condense down. Uh, that's, that's a spiritual discipline. Giving to others and to God's Word. Tithing, giving, generosity. This is a spiritual discipline as well as an act of worship. Service to God and to others. I personally believe that evangelism, sharing our faith, going on mission, is, is, a, is a or a measure, involves a measure of spiritual discipline. And uh, I don't mean to put this one last, but uh, worship and fellowship with God's people, the, the, reason, the reason that I put that last is because typically when we talk about spending time with God, we usually talk about, well, I'm going to go to church and be with God's people. And the focus of this series is on your personal walk with God. And while I do believe this is important, I didn't mean to to put it, I didn't mean to put it last and minimize it. These are some things, these are some things that I hope God will help renew in your life. And some of these things you may say, man, I have never delved into that. I've never delved into the idea of simplicity. Or you might say, well, I, I've, I've, never, I've never been a tither. I've never given. Or you might say, you know, I've, 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 I've served the Lord in that I try to be godly, but I've never done anything for Him. But what I really want to focus on in this series, go back to the other slide if you don't mind, the very first one, these primary spiritual disciplines. These are the foundation of your Christianity. These are the foundation of your personal relationship with God. I would go so far to say that if you don't, if, if you, if you don't habitually practice at least the first two, that you, 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 don't have a, you don't have a close walk with God. If someone walks into my office and they say, I've just felt real distant from God lately. You know what the first thing I asked them? First thing I asked them, have you been reading your Bible? Have you been praying? And, and, and usually I'll also ask them, have, have you been connecting with God's people? Have you been in worship with your congregation? Have, have, have you been doing anything spiritual personally? And a lot of the times, it's, it's, it's like we just, don't make that, we just don't make that connection. It's like I've been doing nothing spiritual personally, and then I'm surprised that I don't have a connection with God. These things are so important. So what I'm going to do in this series, I don't know if I'm going to go point by point. I believe your life group curriculum is probably going to have like a lesson focused on Scripture, a lesson focused on prayer. 
I want to try to zoom out and give you some principles that I think can help you with all of it. And so I want to share one with you today that I think will help you. And it comes from Psalm 131. And the title of this sermon today is A Calm and Quiet Soul. I'm going to read from this psalm today. Stand with me. If you're already there, um, uh, you go ahead and stand with me. Psalm 131. I give, I'll give you just a minute to find it. I've really been reading in the psalms during my, during my sabbatical. I didn't read a great deal of material, a great, a great breadth of material, but I really tried to focus on a depth of some material, especially in the Psalms. And this, this is a Psalm that God always uses in my life. It's always jumped out at me during times of crisis. It's one of those Psalms that, that God has used in my life where he says, hey, you need, to, you need to kind of step back, do some soul searching and calm and quiet your soul. Let's, let's, let's read this together. Psalm 131. It says, O Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me. Look what he says that he has done. And this is such a good lesson for us as we seek to practice spiritual disciplines. What, whatever those spiritual disciplines are, look what he says. But I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Lord Jesus, we pray that the reading of your word would be blessed today. We pray that the preaching of your word would just pierce our hearts. We pray, God, that you would move upon us. Draw us closer to yourself. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. Fall is almost here. And when August 1st gets here, I don't know about you, but when August 1st gets here, I feel like it is a downhill tumble to Christmas. Anybody else, feel, anybody else feel that way? You know, you know what I'm talking about? It's like as soon as August hits and school starts back and sports starts back and then personal vacations, I mean, just as soon as all of this stuff just starts happening, I, I feel like I blink and it is December 25th, Christmas here. I don't usually feel that way. January 1st, after Christmas is over, we start off the year. I feel like, I feel like that, that the year usually starts off slow. It's still cold outside, and I'm just praying for sunshine. But man, there is something about fall that everything just starts spinning. Everything just starts moving. Calendars start filling up. I bet if I told you, I said, hey, take out your phone and look at your calendar and think about everything that you have coming up. I bet most of you would start to get stressed out right now. You would say, oh my goodness, I got to clean the house. Oh, I haven't planned for that that's coming up next week. Oh man, uh, next month is going to be so full. We've got this and we've got that. And I mean, just stuff everywhere. In, in Anybody else? I mean, listen, if you've got kids at home, you know what I'm talking about. Look, even you retired people, same thing can happen in your life. I had someone tell me one time that they were more busy after they retired than they were while they were working. They wanted to go back to work so they could rest. Why do we do that to ourselves? 
Why do, why do we get so incredibly busy? Why do we feel like that life has to move so fast? One of the primary enemies of you practicing spiritual disciplines is going to be busyness. And one of the biggest excuses, one of the biggest excuses that you're going to make to yourself and maybe even out loud to others as to why you don't read your Bible, why you don't pray, why you don't fast, why you don't experience Sabbath and solitude. You know what the number one excuse is going to be? You know what it is. I don't have time. I don't have time to do that. And to a, cert to a certain extent, if I was to pick up your phone and I was to look at your calendar and I was to look at your work schedule and your family schedule and your recreation schedule and your fun schedule, I would look at that. I, for mostly, I'd, I'd probably get, I'd, I'd get tired for you just looking at it. A lot of it is self-imposed that we do to ourselves, And so we can't really make the excuse that we don't have time. Being in a hurry, being busy, being preoccupied with the things of the world is the thing that is going to keep us from, from engaging in the spiritual disciplines. Here's a main phrase in our text today. Psalm 131, verse 2. If you've got a highlighter, if you've got a pen, if you've got whatever you need to do, I want you to circle that phrase, highlight that phrase, memorize that phrase. I believe that within that phrase, we can dump so much of the teaching of Scripture that talks about what is necessary, what Jesus offers, what it is that we need. In that phrase, I believe I can give you one overarching good principle that will help you to practice spiritual disciplines more effectively. When you read your Bible, when you pray, when you fast, when you're in solitude, when you give, when you do all of the spiritual disciplines, there's something internal that you're going for. This is both the posture in which we practice the spiritual disciplines as well as the desired result that we're looking for. Anybody like to be tired? Anybody like to be worn out? Anybody like to be all frazzled inside? Anybody, anybody gunning for that in life? Most of us aren't, but yes, some, we get in such a habit of doing it to ourselves. We need to learn to calm and quiet our soul. We see so many places in Scripture where this is talked about. We see this idea in the Old Testament all throughout Psalms. We see the psalmist say, be still and know that I am God. We see over and over uh, instances like Elijah. Remember Elijah? He wanted to connect with God. He was all discouraged. He, he went to the mountain. And the Bible said there was a wind. There was an earthquake. There was, a, it was all this kind of stuff. The Bible says the Lord wasn't in any of that. But the Bible said that God spoke to him in a still, small voice. Some of your translations say a gentle whisper. 
We see other examples. Moses, Moses was a guy that was always going off by himself and always retreating and finding time with God. He went up on the mountain and he came back with the Ten Commandments. He had a tent of meeting that he would go in and would meet with and commune with God. And let's not forget about New Testament. Let's not forget about Jesus. I mean, Jesus was always retreating. The Bible says that he would get up early in the morning. It would still be dark. Everybody would still be in the bed. He would slip out of the house, and he would go find a solitary place. And the Bible says he would pray. Wouldn't you like to know what Jesus prayed during his time alone, away from everything with God? If he needed it, I know I need it. We all, we, we all need that. Jesus said, Matthew 11, I love this verse. Matthew 11, what did Jesus say? Jesus said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. And man, it's going to be exciting. I mean, we're going to speed things up and there's going to be lots of stuff happening and you're going to have a full calendar and it's going to be great. He said, I'm going to give you rest. I'm going to give you rest. He said, take my yoke and learn from me. I'm gentle and lowly. He says, you're going to find rest. And he says, you're going to find rest for your souls. You know, this is not what your flesh wants. This is not what your flesh wants. Some of you are like, man, that sounds boring. Going to getting still and quiet and turning my phone off and getting away from everyone and just, you know, kind of praying and reading my, man, I just... Some of you think, man, that, 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 sounds, that sounds kind of boring. Your flesh doesn't want that. You want me to tell you who else does not want that for you? You want me to tell you if there's one being that does not want you reading your Bible, that does not want you praying, that does not want you to fast or get in solitude or practice spiritual disciplines or connect with God, if there's one being in existence that does not want it to happen, it's your enemy, Satan, the devil. He'll do anything that he can just to keep you thinking about God as a drive through window. I'm going to drive up, the Lord's going to sling a blessing, and I'm just going to speed off. He would, he would love for you to practice your Christianity that way. Oh, hurry up, we got to get to church, run in there. Man, that sermon sure is kind of long. Okay, here comes the invitation. I'm gone, let's go eat. He would love for you to, te- to treat him just like, oh, I got about, I got about 30 seconds here. I'm, I'm just going to drive down the road, even though it's illegal, and I'm going get, to get me a little Bible verse right quick. He would love for you to speed as fast as you can through all of your spiritual disciplines and all of your religious practices, but Jesus wants to give you rest, and the psalmist said he had stilled and quieted his soul. The world doesn't offer this. The world offers you excitement and movement and activity and speed and busyness. But do you know what? That is not how the world God created works. Have you ever heard that phrase? Have you ever, have you ever heard someone say, uh, the world moves fast? No, it doesn't. It may spin on its axis fast. But I want to challenge you, go get alone in creation with God. Go, go outside away from everyone and everything and every distraction and watch the clouds float across the sky. Watch the trees as they just kind of sway in the wind. Creation is not in a hurry. Creation is, it's, it's, it, it moves slow and it, and it slows you down. It's the, it's the way that, that I believe we were intended to live. Mankind, now you look at mankind, mankind is in a big hurry. 
The interstate moves really fast. Rush hour traffic is, is, is just, just, just going around everywhere. The systems of this world move extremely fast. But you know what? I don't think God moves fast. I don't, I don't think he does. Look at, if we were to look at Scripture today, if we were to look at Genesis chapter 3, and if we were to see how mankind sinned, God gives us a snapshot from the very beginning. The gospel is announced in advance, and he basically says, I have a plan. And how many thousands of years and people that lived and died and things that, that God did all throughout history of Israel until Jesus was born and God's plan of redemption came to fruition. It took time. I don't, I, don't know that, I don't know that God moves fast. I'm not saying he's never moved fast. But I think that in God's nature, he doesn't move fast. It's when I look at Jesus' ministry, do you get a sense that Jesus walked fast? Think about it. Do you get a sense that Jesus is like, come on, y'all. Well, we got to hurry. I got to run over here and I got to heal this person. I got to preach a sermon. Man, I got to do sermon prep. Y'all got to pick up the pace, man. I'm in a hurry. There's a demon possessed person over here. I got to get over there and then I got to do this. Who's got my calendar? I mean, we're behind schedule. Come on, Peter. Do you, do you, get, a, do you get a sense that Jesus was frazzled? I get a sense when I look at scripture that Jesus was abounding in the work of the Lord. No question about it. He did a lot of stuff. But on the inside, we don't see a man who was stressed. We don't see a man who was frazzled. We see a man that I think, when he walked the face of, the, of this earth, he had a still and he had a quiet so no, I don't, believe, I don't believe that God moves fast. Why else would he tell us that we need to be patient all the time? I don't know about you, but a lot of times when I pray, the answer that I get is wait. We don't serve a drive through God where I run through and place in my order and he slings the blessing in and I speed off into my life with what he has given to me. We've got to learn to quiet our soul. And it has to be at the soul level. It can't just be our atmosphere. It can't just be our surroundings. It can't just be a clean calendar. There's something on the inside that has to slow down if you're going to encounter God. There's something inside of us that if you're going to read your Bible and get anything out of it, you have to say, this is my priority of my soul at this moment, and I'm not going to be distracted from what's going to happen throughout this day. There's, some, there's something to say, if I'm going to read my Bible, if I'm going to practice these spiritual disciplines, that in my soul, I have to slow down and I have to be quiet and put myself in tune with God. It has to be more than an item on my daily to-do list. Some of you are like, oh, great. I'm already busy enough changing diapers or running back and forth to work. I got to drive here. I got to do all this. I mean, I'm, all, I'm already busy doing everything that I got to do. And now this preacher is making me feel guilty that I got I to gotta sit down and read my, okay, well, maybe I can do that. I'll pull out my calendar. Yeah, I got a little time here, a little time here. I'll just kind of squeeze it in. It can't be that type of discipline. 
It can't be the type of discipline where you say begrudgingly, I'm busy, but I'm just going to pile all this on top of an already busy schedule. Do you know who some of the most disciplined people? See, discipline in and of itself doesn't equal godliness. Just look at the Pharisees in Scripture. They were pretty disciplined. They were educated. I mean, Jesus basically said that they prayed and they fasted and they gave. He basically said that they participated in what you and I would call spiritual disciplines. But they were, they were disciplines, but they weren't, they weren't all that spiritual. Because Jesus condemned them. He said, he said they just do it for show, just on, on, on the outside. They weren't godly. They did all of these external things. But Jesus said that on the inside, that they were full of dead men's bones. We have to quiet our soul. Now, how do we do that? I think that's what maybe some of you are asking. Is like, okay, how do I do that? How, how, how do I get quiet before God? I think that if we're going to have a still and quiet soul, we, we need to learn to have an uncluttered soul. An uncluttered soul. Psalm 131, verse 1. Look what David said. Now, this is David. And he basically talks about some things. And I think I could see behind these, by look, if, if I think about his life, I could see how these things would be distracting to him and could capture his soul. He says, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I don't occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous. Do you know one of the ambitions that David had that God said no? Do you remember? Remember what he said? He said, I'm going to build you a temple, God. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it for you. I'm going to build you a temple. I'm going to build you a house. God said, no, I'm going to build you into a house. Man, how's that, how's that for a blessing? I'm going I'm to do this for you. I'm going to build you a temple. God said, no, I'm going to build you into a house. And he made a covenant with David. And he said, he said you will always have a son that sits on the throne. I can imagine there were probably some other things that were maybe temptations to David that he could have lifted his eyes up to or wanted to do or, or, or had ambition to do, things that were too great and too marvelous like building a temple. I can only imagine. I mean, think about it. This, this guy, he was an accomplished warrior. He was king over God's... He was a, he was a, he was a pretty significant dude in scripture right these are some things that david said in order to get to the point of stillness and soul these are some things that i have had to move out of my life what would your list be Let, let's say you just started with three let's say you just started with three things that you would say you know what god maybe i'll watch tv too much you know, God, maybe sports is too big in my life. You know, God, maybe my job is just getting too much of it. Or listen, maybe it's something evil. Maybe you would say, you know what, God, that addiction that I have, alcohol and drugs, it's just gotten too big. My addiction to pornography, it's just, it's, it's, it's that thing in my life that's keeping my soul from being. See, it's different. It's different for, for, for all of us. What would be the things that you would say, this is how I can declutter my heart and declutter my life 
so that my soul can find rest and peace with God. If anyone could say, I'm too busy for this, it would have been King David. But King David, man, he gave us, man, he gave us some good psalms, didn't he? Man, they just speak to my heart. Some of the things that he wrote. He had an inner life with God. And see, that's what the spiritual disciplines are all about. The spiritual disciplines are all about having an inner life with God the way that God intended for you to have it from the very beginning. You see, the Bible says that we were created in the image of God. What does that mean? It doesn't mean that God looks like you. I mean, Lord, help us if the Lord looks like some of us. It doesn't mean that His, his physical appearance it's, this, is talk, this is talking about our souls. This, this means I was made in God's image. There's certain things on the inside of me, like having a conscience. You know, there's certain things in my soul, my, my heart, that were made to mirror who God is. And so we, we were created to be that whenever, whenever we can't find peace with God, whenever we can't find stillness before God, whenever we don't practice the spiritual disciplines, that's what gets murky. And how tiring is it to try to be what God tells me I'm supposed to be on the outside, but not really be that way on the inside? I mean, how hard, how hard is it to try to pretend like you're a person of purity when on the inside you're covered up with lust and pornography? I mean, how tiring is it to, to be a person that is bitter and angry on the inside, but you have to pretend that you're, that you're gentle and forgiving on the outside? I mean, how, how hard, how, how tiring is that? How spiritually exhausting is it to try to put on a mask and, and even, even genuinely try to be what God wants us to be on the outside, but it not really be true of who we really are on the inside. What if, what if you didn't have to try to love your neighbor? You didn't have to try to have joy. What if, what if there was, you didn't have to put a bunch of effort to to have peace and patience and kindness and gentleness? What, what, what if you didn't have to try to do those things? What if you spent so much time in the presence of God, reading His Word, praying prayers aligned with His will, fasting and in solitude and in seeking Him? What if you spent so much time with Him that He transforms you on the inside and then it was just an overflow? Your actions and your words and your feelings and your desires were just an overflow of something that's really true. Doesn't that sound, does that sound like something? Does that sound like something that you want? Man, that is something that I want. That is something that all of us who love Jesus, all of us who are Christians, we all want that. We all want our Christianity to be authentic. And the way that we get there, the way that the Holy Spirit works it and uses it in our life, the way that we get there is through the spiritual disciplines and pressing ourselves into the presence of God, reading His Word, 
praying his word, fasting from the world, world so his word can marinate inside of us, uh, getting get uh, silence and solitude away from the things of this world so God can speak to us through his word. That is how we get there, not by polishing the outside of the cup. It's just, it sounds like there's just something satisfying about that. That's what David said. Psalm 131, verse 2. And he said, my soul is like a weaned child. Man, I held a, I, I held a, little, uh, a little newborn baby this past week. I held that baby. Look, that baby is doing exactly what it was doing when I held that baby earlier. I mean, doesn't that baby look? You just got to stand up and show everybody that baby. I know you want to. Look at how still and how precious that baby is. And I held, I didn't know you had her in here. That's a perfect sermon illustration right there. I mean, to hold a child that is satisfied and that is so at peace. Man, I remember when our kids were that young, I had, I had this one little beast named Levi. And I mean, he was like a little wildcat. And when he was hungry, I mean, it would just be like, and one day, Kelly ran off and left me alone with that thing. <laughs> and I called her up. I said, Kelly, I said, you got to come home now because you can do something for this child that I am physically incapable of doing. And I, 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 need, you to, I need you to come and, and, and handle this. There is, there, is, there is nothing more stressful and uncomfortable than a hungry child. Right, a, a, a baby, an infant that is just, you know, arching their back, screaming, crying, you know, face, just, yeah. Y'all like that? Okay. But man, a child that has been fed and has just drifted off to sleep, that's what David said. David said, that's how my soul is before God. In other words, he just, he, just, he just satisfied me, you know. You read his words, you pray to him, you seek his face, you get close to him, and there's, there's just something satisfied. I want, you, I want you to look at these primary spiritual disciplines again. Put them on the screen for me again if you don't mind. If you're a Christian, if you're a Christian, there's something inside of you, just like a hungry child, that is screaming and crying and writhing out. There's something in your soul. If you're a Christian, there's something in your soul that says, man, i got to have God's word. I, gotta, I have to know what God says. If you're a Christian, there's something inside of you. There's something inside of you that is saying, I want to I talk to God. I, wanna, I, wanna sp I want to speak to him. And I want to speak to him rightly and correctly in a way that our communication brings intimacy. If you're a Christian, you'd say, God, I, I'll fast. For, I'll give up anything for you. I'll give up food. I'll give up anything for you. I'll take up a cross and follow you. I'll take up an instrument of death. I'll die to self or, or physically, whatever it might be. I will fast from anything. Lord, put me in the silence. 
God, put me in that solitude. Help me. That I want to get away from everything. Lord, I'm tired of this world. I want you. If you're a Christian, if you're a Christian, there is something in your soul that just like a hungry baby is just crying out for it. And, and when you commune with God, there's something in you that's just so satisfied. There's something in you that is just so pleased and so at peace and just so satisfied before God. And maybe today you need to do some soul searching. Y'all heard that term before, soul searching? Mama used to say that a lot growing up. We need to do some soul searching. You know, that's actually scriptural. Psalm 139, search me, O God. See, God's the one that searches the soul. We just open the door. We open the door through practicing spiritual disciplines and through seeking to commune with God and uncluttering our life and slowing down and connecting with him. We say, okay, God, I'm wide open. You search me. A lot of people don't want to do that. They don't want to look deep inside of themselves. They don't want to see their sin. They want to cover up their problems with alcohol and drugs and all sorts of things and, and uh, illicit relationships, you name it, whatever it may be, being a workaholic, all these things. They want to cover up their problems. They don't really want to allow God to search their soul. But that's not what the psalmist says. Is, Lord, search me, know me, try me, test me. Anything in me that shouldn't be there, Lord, let's just you just you just clean it out and you just you just take it away from me. It says, lead me in the way everlasting. 